Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. I can't hear you on the earphones or the phone. Uh, I don't know if you can hear me or not. I can't hear anything. Can you hear me now? Okay, I'm back on the phone line. I still can't hear anything. Can you hear me now? 
Well, I hear two of you. Really? Yeah. I thought I and I hear myself. Well, yeah, you're on two connections, so that's why you're hearing two of you, but I'm only on one. I'm on the phone. Yeah, and I tried to hit the board, and it's just all hung up. Oh. Ah, more wonders of Blog Talk Radio. So I'm getting two of me and two of you right now. Oh, that can't be fun. Uh, so, well, I guess, can you hang up one of them at all, or is it just totally spinning on you? I I don't even see myself connected. So if you see me connected, that's great. <laughs> well, I don't want to hang up one of you, because it might hang up both of you. And this is the first time I'm hearing you, so I'm afraid to do anything. See if I can get back in here. We have been having nothing but trouble this lately. I know, I know. Okay. All right. You, you I still hear two of them. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is fantastic. I see you muted the one and went back to the main switchboard, but now I can't hear you again at all if you're saying anything. How about now? Yes. And now I hear myself in my, oh, this is driving me crazy. (laughs) And I hear you, every time you talk, I hear you twice. And now I hear myself in my ear. Yeah, that would drive me crazy too. But so every time you get on the main switchboard, I can't hear you? Fantastic. Well, you can't do the show with two voices in your ear, so I guess my suggestion well, I, this is to call is, in. I, on the- I think this is coming from my side. I just don't know. Yeah, that's why my suggestion would be to call in on the phone line and just do it old school like we did last show. Because this doesn't seem doesn't seem like any of these issues are getting any better. Yeah, you might just want to call in on the phone. All right, Jason has dropped one of his connections and will now be calling in on the phone, I presume. I just saw you unmute the uh, the main board, but I still can't hear anything. Yeah, Jason's using the, the main switchboard. He's the host tonight. There has to be a host or else we can't really have a show uh last show i had to call in as a host on the phone which is fine i don't mind doing that but optimally you want to have at least one of us on the computer because it sounds so much better the voice quality is so much better on the computer and to have both of us on the phone we're paying money 
to Blog Talk Radio to be able to do this show over computer lines so that it can sound better. And if we have to always call in on the phone, then we're getting completely fucked out of our money, and that's not good. All right. I agree. on the air. <laughs> no, yeah, I, uh, I even made sure that I called into the show early tonight, had all my stuff set up, ready to go, and then you get on and you're talking to me and I'm talking to you and you're not responding to me at all and I had no idea what was going on. And your audio tonight on your computer connection was as bad as I have heard it in a long time. So you started right. just sounding worse than ever. So here we are. Well, that's, uh, that'll just <laughs> Amazing how this is. Yeah, this is just, this keeps getting worse. Yeah. Well, that'll be the last time I use the uh, computer connection. Uh, obviously, that's not working. Whether it's my computer is old and needs replacing or whatever, uh, that's that's. I, I just put the microphone over in, in an area where I'm not going to even be able to touch it for a long, long time until I buy a new computer because that's apparently just out. So I'm on the phone line from here to eternity. So that, that's the that's the end of that. Yeah, but that you know, and it wasn't always that way. I don't know. I'm on a pretty good computer, and you couldn't hear a word I was saying. Well, that would appear to be a different issue because every other time you've been on the show this year, I've I've heard you perfectly fine. You haven't broken up or anything. So this is a different connection deal with Blog Talk Radio right now. Yeah, yeah, and it, we had this at the last show too. I had to call in on the phone on that show as well. Um, yeah. So this. I, I don't know if this is becoming if this is becoming a trend, but I, I sure hope it's not. I I hope it's not either. Uh we we may have to start sending some emails and communicating with these people and trying to figure out what the hell's going on here. So uh, let's try this all over again. How you doing, buddy? How was your Christmas? It was fantastic. How was yours? <laughs> It was great. I had a lot of fun with my family. Loud and, and crazy fun. Yeah, I got I got no complaints. I was home with the family for, for four solid days. Kind of got a little spoiled having all that time home with my kids, but loved every minute of it. And now it's back to the work grind and, you know, and, and, and hardly seeing my family again. But that's to be expected. Yeah, uh that, that's how it is for me too. We we fly back home and it's back to the work grind, me and the wife. So, but great time to uh, uh, great time to get away from me. The the five days in Chicago, even with the zero degree temperatures, even with the snowfall, uh, can't beat it. No complaints here. Now, oh snow, huh? Oh, that's okay. <laughs> let me tell you about some snow. Yeah, it's only it's only twelve below here tonight. That hurts just thinking about it. It is it is cold. We're driving home from work tonight. It was minus twelve. If it makes you feel any better, it's cold in every part of the country, pretty much except for Miami, Florida. Now it's not that minus does, twelve degrees. Doesn't make me feel any better. Oh, oh well, that's right. I, I knew it was going to be cold when we flew to Chicago last Friday. Uh, it, it, the, the temperature immediately dropped pretty much as soon as we landed. And then overnight, uh, 
not Christmas Eve, but the, the night before Christmas Eve, uh, the snowfall came and the snow isn't going away anytime soon because of how cold it is. So we had our white Christmas. It was uh, winter conditions. My wife, the Southerner, loved seeing the winter conditions from the comfort of the window. Uh, she didn't set one foot outside until it was time to go home, uh, until it was time to go to the airport. And I don't blame her at all, but it was it was pretty to look at. Uh, not so pretty to be out in. I didn't, honestly, I didn't leave the house. Uh, I didn't leave my uncle's house either, except for one night we went to the casino uh, and very quickly uh, came back home, not because of the cold, but because I uh, I didn't do so well at the tables. But, uh, yeah, it was that type of weather. If you don't, it, it, the weathermen say, if you don't have to go out, don't go out. So that's what uh, I was dealing with, and that's what you've been dealing with uh, for, for several weeks now, I believe. Yes. Yes, I am. But uh, but Christmas is good. That's that's good to know. The kids are yeah. happy with their presents. Well, that's and, you know yes, and that's all it's really about. <laughs> it's about making right. Yeah, making making the best for them as you can. And yeah, that that that's really that's really all I'm about. It's making sure that they have a good Christmas, and they did. And everyone everyone had a nice time. So, you know, you spend some time with family, and it goes by too quick. And we go from there. Yep. So, so there you go. Uh, what uh, stood out to you from the uh, football weekend? Uh, I didn't have a very good week. That stood out. Yeah, that, that's that's for sure. You know, and it was, and it was, and it was, it, 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 it's, I don't even know if it was just bad picking or if it was just I mean, the results were just they were so crazy, you know, and, and there was so much stuff that was just all over the place. Things that you started to see, teams that you started to think you were getting the feel for, and all of a sudden you feel like you, I felt like I lost all my feel for what was going on, and that happens sometimes when you have a bad week. So I just had to kind of brush that off, realize that I gave back almost everything that I gave you. Uh, got back on you the week before, which no big deal. I, I've been in worse spots before. Now we go into the worst possible week of the year, um, where you have no no knowing or no understanding. You know who's going to play, well, what game is going to impact a different game. So, yeah, I, I watched I watched the football, but I wasn't I wasn't too uh, too impressed with what I was seeing in a lot of areas. And, I don't know if there was anything more. I don't know if you watched in, in more detail or anything really stood out to you, jumped off the page. Uh, we can get the numbers out of the way first before I forget them. 10-4-2 uh, and two for me. I get back on track in week 16. 6-8-2 for you. So you lose four games to me as we get ready for the playoffs. That makes me feel a lot better as the, the walls were closing in on me. You had uh, closed to within seven games of me after the big lead that I had earlier in the year, so I pushed that back out to uh, 11 as we get ready for week 17. Uh, yeah, I, the only game I watched, well, I, I take that back, I did watch the uh, the Bears and the and the Browns, and that was such a interesting, scintillating game that I fell asleep right there oh. on the couch in the, in the middle of that game. So I'd love to report back about Chicago and how the, the future looks and the way that they were able to put away the Browns. I, I don't know how they won the game because I slept through most of it because that's how 
uh, interesting it was. Uh, and then the second game on after that, of course, was the game everybody saw, which is the Seahawks and the Cowboys. And I did watch that entire game uh, very attentively because it was a it was a playoff game in Week 16, which is rare. You don't get that very often, but the records just happen to break in such a way that the Seahawks and Cowboys were playing for playoff relevance. The loser knew that they were mathematically eliminated, and the winner knew that they got to survive another week. And both teams play like it. I'm not going to take the the effort away from the Cowboys who wound up losing the game. It wasn't because they didn't try. They tried. Both teams wanted it. Both teams hit like they wanted it. They ran like they wanted it. They tried to execute like they wanted it. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys wound up failing at that execution part, but they both went out there and, and gave it all they had. Uh, the Seahawks wound up uh, as the, the sort of veteran team that's been there, done that. They knew how to make the plays that the Cowboys tried to make and, and could not make in the end, and that's uh, how I predicted it would go. Uh, but it, it wasn't for lack of effort. It wasn't for the Dallas offensive line asserting itself and Ezekiel Elliott asserting himself because they did that. They both uh, both units did what they're supposed to do. The blocking and the running was there for Dallas. Seattle knew what was coming, couldn't do much about it. I wondered I wondered if they were going to be able to stop that, uh, and they really didn't in the first half, but uh, the way the game broke in the second half, they couldn't really rely on Elliott so much. They had to do uh, a, a lot of passing to try to come back after they lost the lead. But the story of the game was how they lost the lead and how Seattle wound up surviving uh, without the, the Legion of Room, a lot of those Injuries uh, still taking their toll, but yeah, there's old uh, Byron Maxwell knocking the ball out of Des Bryant's hands with the peanut punch. Uh, Des's first catch of the day gets knocked out for a turnover after he was on the sideline complaining. And, of course, the cameras love to catch Des Bryant going up and down the sideline complaining about not getting the ball. And as soon as he gets the ball, he winds up fumbling. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, when you get the ball – it'd be nice to actually hold on to it and not give it to the other team. Uh, and later on, about the worst overthrow you'll ever see by Dak Prescott uh, sails into Justin Coleman's hands for a pick six. So there's the Seattle DBs doing damage, even though it's not uh, uh, Richard Sherman and, and Cam Chancellor and those guys. They, they still had an impact, and that's, that, was the, that was the game winner that gave them the lead. Uh, the Seahawks went up 14-9 to on that play, and they never – uh, relinquish the lead. Uh, so you can give Seattle's defense the credit for that. I actually would like to uh, point out to the Cowboy fans out there, and there's so many of them, that that, that was a terrible throw. That was another terrible throw by, by your guy, Dak Prescott. That was another terrible game by your star, make-a-star receiver, Des Bryant. And I really think there's your problem right there. I think that the Cowboys' problems are right there. That quarterback isn't very good. I'm sorry, Dak Prescott, he, he had a very impressive rookie year. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I, I know he made the all-pro team or the Pro Bowl, whatever, last year as a rookie. I know uh, he led the Cowboys to the playoffs as a rookie. I know everything set up so that he stepped right in for Tony Romo after he got broken in pieces in the preseason and everything looked like it was just seamless. He's not that good. They 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 led him by the hand, uh Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan, they took him by the hand and led him through that rookie season, tried to smooth over the mistakes and try to make it so that he's not 
trying to do too much. And now here in the second year, they had to let him go a little bit because, you know, it's time to let him go. It's his second year. And also you're missing Ezekiel Elliott for six games. You have to see if Dak Prescott can can do a little more and win games for you, not just survive and game manage, but win games. And he can't, not right now. I mean, he might be later on with experience. He might be good enough to do that, but right now he's not. And it's not just that your quarterback isn't very good. It's that he's having an adverse effect on your actual best playmaker, the wide receiver, Des Bryant. So you, you got Tony Romo's replacement. is not Tony Romo. It's not anywhere near Tony Romo. And he's making Des Bryant worse, and he's making him unhappy. And the, the play all around for the Cowboys is depressed because of the fact that Dak Prescott isn't Tony Romo. It's not his fault that he's not Tony Romo. He's just not. And it's kind of pitiful when when you get uh, Des Bryant begging for the ball and, and winds up making turnovers and, and not making plays. And uh, that interception was off his fingertips. Uh, it, was a, no, it was a different interception. A uh, uh, KJ Wright interception is a little behind Des, but he should have caught it. He's getting paid so much money, he should have caught that. That's what I mean by the the play of your receiver suffers when your quarterback isn't very good because. That's a catch that he makes if his head's in the game, I think. If Tony Romo throws that ball, he's able to reel it in. But he's not in the game because the quarterback isn't letting him be in the game because he's not that good. And until uh, the the general manager, owner, ruler of the world, Jerry Jones, admits that, uh, I don't think things are going to get too much better for the Cowboys. Uh Uh-oh, did I lose Jason? Or did I put him to sleep? I, I think you tried. No, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was real quick. I was. I was trying my headphone again because I've been playing with my settings here and listening to you at the same time, trying to figure out if I had something set wrong. But no, every everything here on my end is is fine. But I think if people are expecting, you know, and I and I started seeing it during the week. Um, you know, you had all the talking head shows like, oh, is is Dak Prescott elite? Is he ever going to be elite? Oh my god. Minute. This is a guy in his second year. They had that charmed season last year, and now he's in his second year, and they have not had anywhere close to the same just luck. Health of luck of the health of that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott with the suspension stuff all year, and Dak had some up and down patches. Did he make some bad throws in that game? Yeah, he made some bad throws in that game. Did Des Bryant have a terrible game? Yeah, Des Bryant had a terrible game. I mean, where he's, you know, tipping balls into the defender's arms, getting stripped for fumbles. So he's not helping his quarterback out. So it's not fair to put this all on, on Dak Prescott. Were they, you know, did they deserve to be that number one seed? You know, in the NFC last year, no, but they played. They played good enough. The record was good enough that they did it. And then, you know, they had that that barn burner shootout against Green Bay. Um, and we know that Green Bay, even the last few years and this year, was a deeply flawed team. And they let them come into their building. You know, with basically just Aaron Rodgers and guys, and uh, and sort of beat them in miracle fashion, and they didn't have enough to take that team out. And so regressed in that second year here. And I think that's to be expected. I don't know if anybody, other than Cowboys fans, I don't think you and I were saying, oh, yeah, Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. 
I don't think we saw anything there that said that. that we, we knew they were kind of that kind of a one-trick pony with that running game, and Dak Prescott would have those big games, and he'd step up in moments when you needed him to step up. This is just going to happen, you know. I think it's I think it's too hard to to expect too much too soon from some of these guys. And I think what happened last year with his rookie year sort of set that expectation level unrealistically high. And it's just not happening for them this year. And they they didn't have the team, they didn't have the defense this year. You know, they were missing they missed the greatest player in football for you know Sean Lee for his usual amount his four or five six games or season-ending injury that he seems to accumulate every year. So I don't think either one of us were overly high on the Cowboys this year. And uh, that's where we are. I, I don't think it's really anything out of out of what we expected. And I'm not I'm not going to hold – you can't hold this all against Dak Prescott. I, mean, I, I know you, you're a little hard on him there, but I, I don't really put this on him solely. Okay. And, and yeah, again, I, I, is Des Bryant overrated? Because since that play against the Packers in the playoffs, when he got kind of robbed of that touchdown, has he done anything? No, he, he really hasn't done much of anything. Yeah, I think he's a little I overrated. He's, I think he's uh, extremely talented. Uh, he, I think he's extremely physically gifted. And I don't know if there's too much uh, that you could ask out of a receiver that he can't do, but he doesn't keep his head in the game. There's no doubt about right. that. He, when when he's not the focal point and he's not getting fed, you're you're he's a head case. He's out to lunch, and you can't have your top receiver, uh, your, your top playmaker, be out to lunch like that. Because you saw what happened when they finally called on him to try to make some plays. He wasn't there mentally, and he gets the ball punched out. I I really don't think uh, the elite receivers. There's that word elite again. I don't think. Uh, Julio Jones and uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Antonio Brown. I don't think when they finally get their first catch of the game, they let it get punched out of their hands like that. No. And that, that doesn't happen at all. Or you don't see them not extending to catch balls, tipping balls around. Yeah. He, you, you can't when your team needs you the most and you're basically playing for your season. That was a win-or-go-home game. For, for both teams, I mean, both either one of the, the team that lost was done, and we don't get a lot of those types of games in Week 16. And the Cowboys in their own building against a extremely extremely thin Seattle team couldn't get it done through the air, which is where you got to get it done against that Seattle team. And you would think that the best, the biggest weapon they have would be the one who come up big, and he came up quite small. On two goal line plays, Dallas uh, doesn't run Ezekiel Elliott, and they wind up committing a holding penalty on the second one. And Frank Clark gets a sack on uh, the uh, on the next play to help murder that drive. And then Dan Bailey misses the field goal from 34 yards. That's pitiful. Uh, so in the in the micro, I don't want to say that Dak Prescott lost the game. That that was uh, there was a lot of factors that went into that. I, I don't want to make it seem like I didn't notice the coaching decisions. I didn't notice. The, the breakdowns that happened there, I did. I, I just think that in the macro, the big picture, I think the big answer uh, to, to the Cowboys' question is to get a, a quarterback resembling Tony Romo, you know, that can keep Des Bryant's head in the game, that can facilitate the ball to Ezekiel Elliott, that can keep the offense going in the right direction. I don't think Dak Prescott's that guy. Yeah. Well, we got to switch gears here. 
we got to kick this hype machine into overdrive. Forgive me, Jimmy, for I have sinned. I took your name in vain. I picked against you. I'm so sorry, Jimmy. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, Jimmy. Did you, you did your penance? Did you do your, your ten hail Jimmies off the air? I'm doing my hail Jimmies. I've got my, my Garoppolo rosary beads here. Yeah. Got to get my little shrine going. I, I, I jumped off the 49ers, and Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers put up 44 points on the best defense in football. What can you say? Of course they did. <laughs> of course. Of course they did. Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, why did I doubt? I don't know how you can doubt the the 49ers. They are never going to lose again so long as they start Jimmy Garoppolo the quarterback. So, how hyped is this team going to be going into oh. 20 years? <laughs> That's all I I know. Man, I, I, it's going to be something to, to listen to the people pick the Cow uh, or pick the Forty ers to uh, rival the Rams and win that division next year, and 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 this is the next big rivalry after uh, Cardinals and Seahawks ruled the NFC West. Now it's going to be Forty ers and Rams until the end of time. It, it, oh my God, it's going to be just off the chain. I'd say what's the most impressive here in this run that that Garoppolo is going on in this 4-0 since he took over. You know, and hasn't lost a game, I believe, ever as a starter in the (laughs) NFL because he won all those games in New England as a starter as well, a couple of games uh, before he got hurt, is he is making absolute piece of crap San Francisco offense, which is just him and a bunch of guys. He's making it look like an NFL offense. I mean, was this just Kyle Shanahan waiting to get his guy to sort of unleash this offense, and he didn't have that with those other guys he was throwing out there this year at quarterback? Are you doubting the greatness of George Kittle? And C.J. Beathard? Yeah, those guys uh, certainly don't look like anything after what what Jimmy Garoppolo has come in and done. He's made George Kittle look like an all-pro tight end and – Marky Goodwin, he has made everybody on that offense better. And that that team, I mean, it's like we were talking about every week. They were playing a tougher team. They're playing the Rams, but the Rams aren't really going to be the Rams. That, that, it's, not, it's not the Rams. <laughs> so, so basically, they, 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 they passed their test because now they're going to get that depleted Rams team who's going to be just resting everybody. So we're not going to see Goff. We're not going to see Gurley. We're not going to see Aaron Donald. We're not going to see any of the big-name players on that team as the Rams get prepared to, to host the game there next week in the playoffs. And we're, we could be looking at Jimmy Garoppolo doing what we joked about and going 5-0 and as the starter for San Francisco headed into next season. And, I said if they did that, I'd have to automatically give them the Houston Texans award. How do you not give it to them now? Name it after them. This might become the Jimmy Garoppolo award. 
he takes down the number one pass D, like you said. He's got Jacksonville squabbling with each other on the sideline. They're arguing with each other because they're getting destroyed by the San Francisco 49ers offense. That, that's what happens. That, it makes you go delirious. You start talking to yourself. You start trying to fight your own teammates. It, it's just it, – it, it's holy water. It, it's, it's unbelievable. You just sprinkle the holy water over the entire city of San Francisco. So in a week that had nothing but playoff implications – that's what I kept looking at was that 44 <laughs> up on the board that I'm, they, they did that. That's the one that I keep going back to, you know, I, I, I was stunned Jacksonville to their credit after that sort of, after that sort of punch with the 49ers jumping out to that quick lead, Jacksonville did fight back, but that, that 49ers offense was just unstoppable, and Blake Bortles in a shootout started getting, you know, started throwing picks. He became Blake Bortles again. Yeah, and the 49ers offense opening up, you know, they, they're trying to not let Messiah go crazy on them, and so here's Matt Breda running up the middle and, and destroying them. So yeah. it just, everything is just clicking right now in San Francisco. There's, there's nothing you can take away from them. Everything is going their way. And uh, the other thing um, – I don't know if it was necessarily sort of a reaction to the week before or a little bit of a wake-up call having that debacle in Pittsburgh two weeks ago, but the Steelers finally manned up and beat the crap out of a terrible team. Too little, too late, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, finally there's Pittsburgh destroying an inferior team. So, yeah, good for them. But uh, like you said, unless the – the, the Patriots just completely collapse and lose to the Jets this week. The the Steelers cannot get home field throughout the playoffs. So absolutely too little, too late on their part. Yeah. And and in the we, we can't call this the season. I've decided we cannot necessarily call this the season of cheap covers. We have to call this the season of cheap pushes. Because that other Monday <laughs> night game, I end up with a foot on that should have been a loss. That mm-hmm. game was lost. It was over, and the Eagles get the, the vaunted time-expiring garbage-time touchdown <laughs> again to at least give me a push. Otherwise, my week against you would have been even worse. That's right. It's uh, pushes, period. But, yeah, you have your selection of pushes that definitely uh, oh. took a loss away from, from, from you and gave you a push. Uh but just a number of pushes. I don't think we've ever had this many uh, in the season. It's 15 pushes now. Are, are, we got 15 at the end of our records, which I, I've never seen that many before. I, I don't even know what to, to make of that. I think that's just an anomaly. And not only are we getting a lot of pushes, but normally when you see pushes, there's a cop-out line. There's a three or there's a seven. Right. We're getting cop we getting, getting nine. Shot. And nines and eights <laughs> and two. We're getting we're getting to like Vegas knows what they're doing. It's a potpourri of pushes. Yeah. So I'm I'm literally saved from giving back all five of the games that I got against you the week before because of an extremely and I mean you talk about cheap, just an extremely cheap push. Um, I mean, if there's any, anything else that stood out to me last week, I'd say, uh, boy, Atlanta's offense looked extremely anemic. 
and they, I don't know what to make of them at all going into this game here on, on Sunday. And, you know, and I know so much of that, you know, you've been playing against a team who knows they're in, who's really only playing for, for seeding with an outside, I mean, very outside chance um, to move up into a bye. But with that being, with that being the late game and we'll have, we'll already know from, I believe the early result, if that's going to mean anything to Carolina, uh, I have no idea what to make of Atlanta at all. And well, they got I nothing. think they, they just did you? I watched most of that game. They couldn't do anything in that game. And they, they, I didn't see that game, but I did see the highlights. They got down to the goal line, and Devontae Freeman gets stripped. I, I think what happened is uh, you, you saw the whole game, so you can correct me, but I think that's just that New Orleans defense, once again, bending but not breaking and just making plays, just being a playmaking defense. Marshawn Lattimore with his uh, assterception, whatever you want to call it, butt, butt interception. Yeah. It's not a butt fumble. It's a butt interception. Uh, Ted Ginn's long touchdown on the offensive end. But I think the New Orleans D, that, that goal line stand and and, and the strip of uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, two different goal line stands, I guess, that should scare to me the the NFC because when you get a, a playmaking defense that just they don't know what anything else to do but we just make a play we we're getting pushed backwards we don't know how to do anything else. well let's just make a play let's just take the ball away and and let's just you know turn let's just flip the game flip the field and, and turn everything around I think uh, it's really hard to beat a team when they're when they're just making plays like that on defense. Yeah, Atlanta overall, though, from watching that whole game, yeah, New Orleans had that aspect, but Atlanta just looked sluggish. Yeah. There was just – there was no urgency. There was no big plays. Um, You never really got a sense that they looked confused, that there was really not a whole lot I saw positive, even though their defense didn't get destroyed um, by, by a good Saints offense. I thought their defense did enough to keep them in that game. I think you expect more than a 13-point effort if you're right. Atlanta on the offensive side. Even the touchdown they scored, and in all the points they scored, most of those points they scored were late and sort of garbage-time points. So I think even that 13 was deceiving. Um, we've talked about that offense and how they've, tried to resemble a little bit of that incredible offense from last year. Uh, and it was like a, a flame that they got. They caught uh, they caught fire and then it, it went out again. I don't know exactly what to make of them. I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of confused as, as to how to predict what they're going to do coming up tomorrow. Everything's on the line, so we'll see if they can find that flame again. Yeah, you're going to see. I mean, there's not a whole lot of playoff implications in the NFC. Um, and, you know, it's interesting that that Atlanta Carolina game is going to be the afternoon game so that they're going to be playing at the same time that Seattle's going to be playing Arizona. So you're going to, you know, this isn't going to be one of those where Atlanta's going to play that noon game. And based on that, you're going to have any concept of what could possibly happen in that Seattle Arizona game. Uh, they moved all games. the all those playoff uh, potential games yep. to 325 Central, 425 Eastern, all of them starting at the exact same time. So no scoreboard watching there. And interestingly enough, we have no prime time game tomorrow. Yeah, they just said the hell with that. It's just fuck it. It's, 
Nothing, yeah. nothing worthy, nothing worth that spot because everything else would be possibly sewn up if they tried to hold one of the games out to, to, to the nighttime game. That might be completely meaningless. So instead of taking that ratings hit on New Year's Eve, just fuck it. We'll, we'll scrap it and then we'll just go to the playoffs next week. I, I like it. I like the mood. There's no reason to, to, to yeah, try to force kinda, a game into that prime time spot. Kind of feels like the last day of the baseball season. Every day, everything's a day game. Get it all in. Let them all get done. We don't need any. I have a feeling I'm going to end up liking this. No no prime time. This would be like when we were kids, when there was no Sunday night football, and it was just your Sunday schedule and Monday night football, and that was it. It's going to feel weird. It is, but I wouldn't expect that to be the norm. There's too much money in those primetime games. If they can oh yeah. If they can force something next year, I'm sure they're gonna force something next year. They're not gonna have that two years in a row. No. And it wouldn't be wouldn't be a week of NFL action if we didn't get yet another edition of what? What is a catch? It's a catch. And you know where I'm going, I believe. Going out to Buffalo. I'm going up to Buffalo because I'm pretty sure Kelvin Benjamin scored a touchdown <laughs> right at the end of the first half. It was called a touchdown on the field, and I saw the replay of that play 20 times, and I didn't see enough to overturn it. But apparently, someone sitting in a in a, in a cubicle in New York must have been able to identify that Kelvin Benjamin's toe wasn't contact with a blade of grass at the exact moment that he took possession of the football and saw enough to overturn what looked like to everybody a touchdown. Looked like it to me, looked like it to the officials, looked like it to the announcers, but apparently all it takes is that guy in New York. If it doesn't look like it to him, he could over, he's like, fuck all you guys, I'm calling this thing incomplete. And once again, the Patriots are the beneficiaries of what is a catch. Doesn't that have to change next year? This is the first year they went to the having uh, Alberto Riverone sit up there and be the judge, jury, and executioner in New York. Haven't we had enough of these controversies this year to to take that power away from him? It, this, this has to change next year, right? Again, though, it's called a touchdown on the field. It looks like a touchdown to everybody watching the play. Guy, I don't know if it's just because he feels like he's got to justify his salary or the power is going to his head, is once again looking to overturn. And and that was on some of the sketchiest evidence yet. (laughs) Because this wasn't a bobble going to the ground. The ball didn't move. It was were both feet down. Now, he was dragging the back foot as he's going out of bounds, with, but, and, and you can't quite ever grasp from any of the angles what was the exact moment that he took possession and was that foot still in contact with the ground or not. And there was not enough. There was not, We have to have that conclusive, rock-solid proof to overturn something, especially a touchdown in a big game for a team. It, I, I did not understand, and there was that was one of the sketchier ones. It did not get talked about a lot this week. I think people are just sick and tired of it. 
you know, people people want to talk about the flashy stuff. They want to talk about Des Bryant and, and his blow up, but let, we're not talking about the things that are actually affecting outcomes of games. That in that spot was a huge touchdown for Buffalo going into the half, and they earned it. And Kelvin Benjamin made an absolutely amazing play. And he got it taken away because eh, maybe he didn't. Oh, this 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 has just got to stop. After further review, the magnifying glass shows that the forensic evidence shows that uh, it was not a touchdown. Yeah, um, is 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 crazy. You know where they were talking about that play a lot. On online message boards, I don't know how I got wrapped up into some of them, but oh. there were, uh, in some of the comments about that particular play, there were a lot of uh, fix thrown out there. There were a lot of, uh, you know, the fixes in. There's a lot of that type of stuff being thrown out there, the favoritism for the Patriots, even though the league punished Tom Brady unfairly. So I don't know where they get that from. But, yeah, it it, it is being talked about by certain corners, I guess, of the world, that it, it, was, uh, it was quite the egregious overturning the the latest just the latest in a long line of egregious what seems to be egregious overturning of, of touchdowns that were called on the field and it, it's got to stop it just got to stop yeah i would say you have this one might be the the most egregious because there was no doubt that he had the possession the question was whether he had both feet in. And if you can watch that play and tell me with 100% certainty that that was an incomplete pass, then sure, hey, good, more power to you. But I don't got to have clear and concise, conclusive proof to overturn the call on the field and overturn the official. And I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. But his okay. left foot may or may not have scraped the grass. So somebody did see. I yeah, it's it's pretty bad. On the on another note of that same game, I'm starting to get concerned about the unimpressive, uh, dominant New England wins. They seem to just be stacking them up. They don't look they like any again. type of world beaters. They did it again. Yeah. They don't look they like a team that you should fear, and yet they cover a double digit spread. It's just I'm I'm starting to think that maybe it's not that they're a lot weaker than people think they are. Maybe they're so strong that they're playing almost like bored or that they don't really care in the in the beginning of games, and then they turn it up late and wind up covering these numbers and, and dominating. I, maybe I'm looking at them all wrong. I don't know if that's it. Because that is, well, like, we talk about the least impressive so-and-so many wins. They're the least impressive 12-win team in football. <laughs> and, and they keep doing it, though. They but just they keep again, doing and it. Then we, and neither one of us should have been shocked that it happened. They had, uh, no business, had, they had no business covering that number, and then that thing just gets away late. Um, although that taking that touchdown away from the Bills at the end of the half, I, they did not seem to recover from that at all. Right, and who would? A lot of people wouldn't recover, and, and they, they didn't recover. It's, it's hard, man. It's hard to get a, an NFL touchdown against an NFL defense, and they did it, and they got it taken away because a foot may or may not have tested. Yeah, that, that would be a tough blow to overcome. And, and on, a, on a phenomenal drive, at the end of the half, 
all credit to the Bills and Tyrod Taylor and the clock management. They did everything. He drops the dime in there for the touchdown, and then they overturn it with, with basically no proof to overturn. And I could understand being frustrated. I mean, because you start to probably get that feeling as a team, like, what do we have to do right, to beat these guys? If we've got to not just beat them, but we've got to also beat the refs, and then we got to beat this jackass in New York in, in his control <laughs> booth that's ruining football games. He, he Can one person this year be more held accountable for ruining football games and ruining the watching experience than that guy? The Grinch that stole football. I mean, you talk about the play with, with Zach Miller ruining yeah. football. I watched that play with Austin Safarian Jenkins where he makes like yep. the like circus catch in the end zone, maintains control all the way through, but the ball sliding around on his chest while he's holding onto it, falling on backwards out about ruining football. I have seen more of these plays this year and that this is you want to talk about people who are turning off television sets or, or not showing up at games. Got to be really hard right now to, to be a fan. If you're seriously invested watching your team, every team is taking losses because of things like this <laughs> this year. Well, I don't know. I hope it's not. I hope it's not a case of the NFL focusing on the wrong things and trying to figure out that uh, we're losing viewers because of certain guys on their knee and pizza delivery places uh, losing money. Uh, and they need to focus on what's actually going to make people stop turning off, uh, stop turning on football games, which is if you don't know what a rule is, if you don't know what a catch is over and over again, then why would you keep watching? That, that's what's going to make the casual fan go away. And yeah, I think we've been yeah. I, I you wanna you wanna overcome any of the ill will that that the league may have had early in the season with the whole the, the whole taking the knee thing and the whole Trump thing. Do you know how you overcome that? You have a superior product, and the NFL right now does not feel like a superior product. I, I'm with you. I I, mean, I, agree. I can watch baseball. I can watch basketball. I watch hockey. I watch soccer. I can know what's going ah, on. Ah. I watch bowling. I watch darts. <laughs> you know, a triple 20 is always a triple 20 <laughs> if, you're, if you're watching darts. So a bullseye is always a bullseye. I'm a, this is, you need it to be. And, and, and the thing is, is they're trying to make it, they're trying to make it so uniform and so black and white that they are really taking a lot of the fun out of these games because these super slow mos and they, they they show that they you know the problem is is the maybe if it, it, it either is or it isn't and you've got these people making these determinations who are going off of maybes and I think the issue at hand here is every single one of these that we're seeing overturned. We're seeing points taken off the board. We ha- I, mm-hmm. I don't think any one of these controversial ones have been an incompletion that became a touchdown that never should have been or a catch that, 
you know, was taken away, you know, or or an incompletion that became a catch, and there was no reason. All of this is to the negative side. And you really feel it's, it's become, like we've talked about on previous shows, it's become the gotcha game. It's driving me insane. I'm trying to imagine that uh, scenario, as you said, upon further review, the ball slipped barely into the gutter after it hit the four pin, knocking it into the <laughs> to the seven. Therefore, the split does not count. It's an incomplete split. You get an open right. frame for that. What? Oh, fix, fix. It would be terrible. Yeah, it is. You know, now this isn't like uh, I was made aware of the end of the Bucks. OKC game the other night where the, the <laughs> where Giannis stepped out. Yeah, they just missed it. Clearly stepped out of bounds by like a foot. And everybody in the arena missed it, and he made the game-winning shot. And <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it can happen in other sports where you could have calls or no calls to to be game-altering. But you know, in basketball, you get eighty-two games. Right, baseball you get 162 games. There could be a a, a a called third strike, or there could be a check swing. That's not you. You can kind of almost live with the the error and some of that quote unquote human element when there's so much season. Because you just got to get through this whole season when there's football and you've got every game counts at the level that these game counts, and you've got one guy ruining the viewing experience for people or making it confusing. Or making it to the point where you just want to be like, I was watching that. I watched an amazing play that got called back again, and it's just like, I don't even know if I went back to that. I don't honestly, I was because I was home. I don't think I went back to that game because that was the other game that we had. I didn't go back to it after that. Yeah, no desire to watch any more of that. Yeah, I didn't need to see. I saw everything I needed to see. The Bills, the Bills were staging a, a very good fight against the Patriots, do everything right, and still suffer. And I was just like, ah, screw this. Uh, apparently you got to be standing in the end zone with the ball and and not going to the ground or, or running or anything. You just have to be standing still in the middle of the end zone to get a touchdown. Yeah, and God forbid, don't have your knee explode. Well, come on. He put the ball down because his knee was completely shattered. That, that that means he didn't complete the process clearly. Knowing what's going to happen. Well, I had to watch it five and ten times over because they were replaying it because they were trying to figure out what is a catch. So I had to watch the guys need to disintegrate. I didn't want to. Yeah. And they're not just turning us off; they're turning the announcers off. Oh yeah, I can imagine because the announcers are, want to sound informed and intelligent and. When they sit there and look at the, the replay and say, well, this is clearly going to be this, and Alberto Riveron decides, well, no, it's actually going to be totally different. Then you, you feel like a fool. You look like an idiot. Yeah, of course, I can see them being turned off by that. So, yeah. So there we were again. We, we got, and and we, got to, we got to play the game again. And the Bills, uh, even though the Bills lost, they're still, still in the hunt. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. That's right. With all that. I got all the scenarios ready to go. I got all the uh, if this, then that happens. Uh, there's uh, To me, uh, there's less of them this year than a lot, I think a lot more. 
yeah, there's a, a lot more spots that are already sewn up, so we don't have to uh, have quite as many. And that's why they put so many games in that 325 spot because they can they can do that because there's not there's so many scenarios that are uh, going to be sewn up within those five or six or seven games, and you can leave all the, the games that don't matter uh, in the in the noon slot and, and just shove all those other games into that one time slot there. Right. You have more teams. Yeah. You know. You have well, two teams, I have more teams. You have two teams in the ASC that could play their way in, you know, should everything go right. And in the NFC, it's really easy. You've got one team, Seattle, yeah. that needs to win but also needs Atlanta to lose. That's it. That's about it. The Ravens and the Chiefs win. Um, I believe that's it. Well, no, the Chiefs won their division. So it's the Titans yeah, the Chiefs are already in. and the Ravens. And the, uh, the 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 Clippers, believe it or not, can still make the playoffs, and uh, there's a way for that to happen. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll get to all those when we pick the games. I got them all written down, uh, all the scenarios, all the home field advantage scenarios. I, I got them all ready to go. All right. Hey, interest interesting here. I just got a, a text from one of our listeners, my my mother. <laughs> Your mom. Yeah. Help. Sends me a text here that says, don't know what's wrong, but your show cuts out totally and has to keep getting started over again so I can listen. Never has happened before. So there are clearly issues that may be even beyond you and I tonight. Right. My computer is shit and also Blog Talk Radio apparently is shit as well. Right. Because... Like I said, I even made the effort to host the show tonight and be on the show super early, and then I have no audio. And I should be right. the one coming through clear as a bell, and nothing. So I've got my, I've got my trusty a quarter here. So oh, we, yeah. Well, you know, I I gotta roll big. So we're, we're up upstage me. We're up to tw- yeah. I gotta I gotta gotta roll the twenty five. Yeah, I'm, I'm white. You know, I guess, you know. <laughs> so I've got you just have to, it's just have to shove it in my face that you're going to er, earn more money than me in your lifetime. You just have to you shove that in my from face. The official, in much less detail, I predict dime to the quarter of privilege. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm, I'm happy that you get to, to show your privilege and display it for everybody to see. Next year, it'll be a half dollar. <laughs> From that merit raise that you don't deserve, yeah, so, no, that's perfect. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, I don't, I don't even want to give the plugs because I don't know who's able to listen or who's able to do whatever. Look, if uh, if you, if this whole show makes it as a podcast and you want to hear the parts that you weren't able to hear, uh, whether it's your mom or anybody else that tried to listen. There's many different ways to get the show as a podcast after it's done. At least Blog Talk Radio hasn't fucked that up, I don't believe. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, search for a much less detailed podcast. You can go to any number of apps, uh, including TuneIn and Mixcloud and Player.fm and Blueberry and Breaker and Listen Notes and Pod Paradise and CastBox and, and many, many others that I probably don't even know about. But search your favorite podcast app. Search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, and when you see us, hit that subscribe button, and you will get every show 
that we do in its entirety uh, unless something catastrophic happens. And if it does, please let us know. Uh, and there's a couple different ways to contact us. You can send us an email. You will send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can send me a tweet at IMLDDre. You can send Jason a tweet at IMLDJTG. You can go to our blog and see all of our picks. Uh, that blog site is in, in much less detail.blogspot.com, and you can leave a comment on the blog even. Uh, many different ways you can get a hold of us. But uh, I don't know what's going on with the live show. We're going to have to have uh, some serious off-season discussions about possibly uh, other plans as far as uh, a host for the show. There's there's other options out there, folks, so we, we may have to, uh, to do some investigating. Yeah, and as a, a, note, a show note, uh, everybody is one of our listeners, uh, all of our – we have any loyal listeners out there? We know we have a few. Um, take note that we're moving into playoff scheduling here now, so we'll be down to one show a week through the rest of the season here. Um, we're, we're, we're basically most of the show the rest of the way will be like – yeah, where we talk uh, – recaps of wildcard division conference and Super Bowl. And then we'll have uh, honors and dishonors sprinkled in there at some point. And the week uh, before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that week in between of the Super Bowl, but we're pretty much in one show a week now through the end of the year. That's kind of a little chance for us to take a breather too. (laughs) Yes. There's no doubt about that, but those would be a, Pretty big mega shows are probably going to be 90 minutes or, or two hours live, uh, each one of those shows, because we'll be talking about the happenings in the playoffs that, that weekend before and also making the picks for the upcoming playoff games. So there will be plenty of football to talk about. Don't worry. We, we'll, we'll have one less show, but we won't be uh, lowering any of the of the content. If you like what you hear, you'll get more of it. Yeah, no. Every, every playoff game is full. Highlight game material, even Saturday afternoon's game will be a full <laughs> will be a full breakdown. We have uh, X factors, uh, so yeah, we 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 definitely uh, are not light on content come the playoffs. In fact, I think actually when we decided to switch to that one sort of mega show every round of the playoffs, I, I think it actually got better than doing that quick recap and then having that pick show where this kind of puts everything all in one and almost it all sort of ties together. Um, so I, I actually like our, our playoff system. I think we started doing that last season and it worked out really well. Yeah. And I was going to say earlier, uh, for this specific year, I was, I'm, I'm looking forward to the playoffs even more so because uh, as, as the season breaks down, sort of the way I was looking at it, that it seems to be wide open and, and pretty much any team can win this thing. I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm hoping the playoffs winds up being something where some new blood gets in and, and does some things and shows what they're made of. And, and I, I hope it's a bunch of games uh, with new talent rising up and, and making big plays. I hope there's a lot of uh, uh, mystery and, and intrigue and – New, new, new faces, fresh faces, doing some things and making these games uh, more exciting. They're gonna have to do a little more work to be exciting to overcome all of the bad will from all of these terrible calls and all of the what is a catch shit that's been going on this season. I think there's uh, you've talked about more times uh, having sort of a sick feeling in your stomach watching some of these calls and watching some of these teams get 
legit opportunities ripped out of their hands because of these forensic evidence uh, cases and, and trying to see if a blade of grass got scraped or not by the ball or by a cleat or something like that. I think these playoffs, uh, there's a little bit of pressure on the NFL to have an exciting playoffs this year. But because it's so wide open, because there's so many teams that are, are in high lofty positions, nobody had the Eagles as a bye team uh, before the season began. Nobody had the Rams as division champions before the season began. Uh, because there's so many of these teams that are in places and positions that they weren't expected to be, uh, I think we're going to get some, some excitement and, and some interesting results in these playoffs. And I, I really do think there's going to be some teams – uh, that make the Super Bowl, uh, I think both teams, I think both conferences could produce some surprise teams in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I definitely am with you on that one. Although there's sort of that cynical side of me that's waiting for, if it's been this awful during the regular season, it's going to take a serious screw job in the playoffs to have any oh. change. And I know it makes you sick, right? Makes you sick thinking about it, but oh. it could happen. I don't even want to think about it. I really don't. Let's just hope it doesn't go that way. Not only that it could happen, but it's it, it's not unlikely that it could happen. That we're going to see one of these eleven playoff games decided by. The what is a catch? Oh man! Well, that, we can only hope. We can only hope it doesn't go that way. I know, I know, but if if it serves the greater good, I'm okay <laughs> with. It. If if it eliminates some of this, I'm I'm okay with it because sometimes that's what it's look what it took to get rid of the replacement refs, right? It it took a screw job. <laughs> the fail. I don't want to see the fail Mary in the playoffs. My God, I can't imagine. I mean, something like that, the side of the game, oh. It's what it's going to take. It's gotten to that point where this is so bad, and we've seen it more times than I can count, multiple times almost per week. And then in the weeks where it only is happening once, it's just a huge one to the point where it, it's going to have to come to a head. Hopefully it doesn't impact an outcome of a game. Hopefully it doesn't impact our season, you know, or or something yeah. that happens for us because I mean, unfortunately we're not really playing for anything. But I, I don't want to have that feeling. I don't want to feel like, or I don't want you to feel like us watching these games with that sick feeling. Yeah. Because of something happening like that, it's hard enough picking every game like we do. Anyways, I don't need the rest screwing this up for us. I completely agree. I don't mean to put a sour note on it other than, you know, the obvious teams that are in, you know, like the, you know, you have got in the AFC, you got the two top teams, the Patriots and the Steelers. You don't have that dominant team this year going into the playoffs. You don't have that obvious top team that everybody's got a gun for. You want to say it's the Patriots. Everybody would like to say that, but I think you and I know better. Because we've seen all, we've seen them this year. That this is not that same Patriots team. Every single one of these top teams, I think, can all be had. I don't know anything about the Patriots. They continue to look like crap to me, and continue to win every game by twenty. And they've also shown this year that they are nowhere close to perfect at home. 
They're not infallible at home. So somebody could go in there, lay some lumber on them. There are teams that could make the playoffs who I know will not be afraid going into Foxborough. As much as I as much as I shit all over them, the Ravens would not be would not be scared, right? No, Terrell Suggs would love to have another crack at Tom Brady. Ravens wouldn't be scared. The Steelers wouldn't be scared. And I and I I pined for this a few shows ago. I just want to see Jaguars play the Patriots because I know the way you beat Tom Brady is to make him into a little, you know, bitch. And they would do it. They sure would try. They would try like hell. Calais Campbell would be trying to beat Tom Brady's head in every single snap. And the Jaguars might lose. And they probably would. But it would just be fun to watch. I'm just saying. And I'm just scared. And I'm just saying that the Texans uh, beat Tom Brady about the face and the head last year and looked very impressive and still found a way to not cover the spread. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter about that or anything. You won last year. What are you worried about? I'm still pissed about that game. That was bullshit. That one on you, and I didn't deserve it. Do you want to do any uh, highlight games, or are we just going to go straight through? I think because of the factor of the coin. and We got got enough time. There's some games we're hardly going to talk about, so... I think that we can just go in a normal order here, and I think the games that we want to talk about, we'll talk about. There's plenty of games that we don't need to talk about, we won't talk about. I think we know what those are. All right. And because we've got a little bit more intrigue with more games, and I think that gives us a little bit of opportunity to talk a little bit more about some of the games versus just doing like two or three highlight games and then just giving all those other meaningful games kind of the short shrift here. So, we got some junk games we can just breeze through as we go through and then give our time uh, to the games that actually have some impact here. Because there's a lot of – but there's more than usual. There's a lot of seeding elements too. Yep. We'll cover all of that. So, got, without further ado. Order of privilege right here, ready to go. <laughs> here are the picks for week 17. Starting with one of those meaningless games you were talking about, uh, the Detroit Lions are now eliminated from playoff contention at 8-7. and seven. The Packers got eliminated the week before at 7-8. and eight. So despite their kind of high win totals, they're completely meaningless. This game will have no bearing at all on the playoffs. Green Bay uh, resting a whole lot of people or people that are hurt, whatever you want to call it, uh, are seven-point underdogs at the 8-7 and seven Lions. Well, I don't know. It looked like the Packers were resting a whole lot of people last week <laughs> to score a whole zero against the Vikings. Um, actually, defensively, I thought the Packers played pretty well. I mean, it was a really cold day um, up there in Lambeau. The Vikings looked they looked every part of how cold it was, but they made enough plays. Well, in fact, they only needed to really make you know one play one. <laughs> When you when you shut the other team out, you don't need a lot. But they they very methodically moved down, got a touchdown, kicked a bunch of field goals, got that sixteen to nothing win, and immediately, I I think that the Packers are done here. I think that they are looking at some some wholesale changes after this season. I think they're going to see some coordinators out the door. 
I don't think they're going to lose their coach, but I think they should. I think that this is not an organization that just, unless you're black, fires you as a coach after one year, you know, <laughs> like they did to Ray Rhodes. But they'll let Mike McCarthy have a couple of clunkers, no problem. He did win a Super Bowl. I will give him that. But Can't take that ring from him. Can't take that ring away. You can never take that away. But that's a team, that's a team in Green Bay that needs to make some changes. I like the Lions here, but I, I just don't really think the Pack. I think the Packers could be mailing it in. Um, I, I'm not impressed with them. You know, I never have liked that coaching scheme. They don't make any adjustments. I think the Lions get one here um, over the Packers at home, their last game of the year. I'll take the Lions and give the points because we pick them all. We do indeed. Uh, week nine, Detroit went up to Green Bay, beat them thirty to seventeen. Yeah, there's like nobody playing for the for the Packers. They're definitely mailing this one in. Detroit was just trying to compete and contend last week. I don't think they're going to shut it down quite that quickly. I, I have them uh, routing Green Bay as well. All right, so officially we are favorite is heads, right? That's Under right. Is tail. You got it. And we have got. The coin is taking the Green Bay Packers. That's not good. We almost always lose when we both have one team and the coin has the other. So that's a bad way to start. Bad coin. You are correct, sir. <laughs> uh, moving on to the other NFC North matchup of Bears and Vikings. Chicago at 5-10 and 10 are 12-point underdogs at the 12-3 and three Minnesota Vikings, who are playing for a little something. They will get a bye if they win this game or if Carolina loses. And I think that's enough for me. I think the fact that the Vikings are playing for something and they are the vastly better team um, and the Bears suck, especially on the road. I told you about that little word, at. I remember that you had the Bears as one of your teams that you thought was going to make a run and do some damage here, but I said they had too many road games for that to happen. And, yeah, I don't like the Bears on the road. With, even with the big number, I'm going to give all the points and take the Vikings. They're playing for that, that bye week. I know it's they're up against Carolina for that spot. That's the team that holds the, the tiebreaker over them. But I think the Vikings are just going to take care of business on their own. I have a feel you'll probably see scrubs in the fourth quarter. I think they just go outdoors off and then start resting guys. Week five on Monday night at Soldier Field, the uh, Vikings won 20 to 17. That was Mitch Trubisky's first uh, ever start. And he actually had some very impressive spots in that game before throwing the interception to Harrison Smith that wound up losing it. Um, Long term, I still love, I said I love Mitch Trubisky after that game because of some of the things that he did. And I saw Trubisky finally again as I sat and watched the Bears, at least some of the Bears game uh, in Chicago uh, this past Sunday. I still love Miss Trubisky. Long term, I still think he's the goods. I, do, I still think he's going to be the franchise. This is a squish. Uh, this is Vikings all the way. Uh, you can give whatever um, because they, the Bears have literally nothing to play for. Uh, but I still love Trubisky in the long term. So I, I'm agreeing with you, though. The Vikings have so much on the line, uh, and the Bears have nothing. So. Minnesota. All right. The quarter says take the Bears. Oh, jeez. Come on. It's oh. that, that's 0 for 2. We're, we're, I'm not feeling so good about this. 
privileged quarter. I don't know what's going on in, in that house of yours, but that, that quarter's got too much privilege going on so far. <laughs> uh, here is the Cleveland Browns' opportunity to get that one win. They are, of course, 0-15, but they are playing a Pittsburgh Steelers team that is deciding to bench the entire world. <laughs> Uh, despite having something on the line. If New England did find a way to lose and, and Pittsburgh won their game, they would get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and the Steelers have such little confidence in the Jets that they are benching Ben Roethlisberger, they are benching Le'Veon Bell. Of course, Antonio Brown is hurt. Uh, so Landry Jones gets to start for the Steelers. The Browns are so terrible that they're still six-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Steelers. Yeah, and I believe that Landry Jones and the Steelers scrubs are still better than the Cleveland Browns and all the <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and take Pittsburgh and once again give all the points. I, I'm sorry. I, I think this is just a little too much. I, I understand that the Browns have been terrible, but when you talk about just throwing in the towel and then sending the, the entire second string out there, and Cleveland has got some pride. They've been playing with pride all year. It's amazing. It's almost amazing that they're 0-15 because I don't think they played like an 0-15 team. I don't think they were as bad as that Lions team that, that didn't win a game. They've actually been fairly competitive in a lot of games. And for Pittsburgh to send these scrubs out there with, with the, the undefeated or winless season on the line for Cleveland, that's, man, that, that's, I love the brown fever. Give me the brown fever. Give me the Sean Kaiser over Landry Jones. Who's Landry Jones? Come on. I'll take the Browns at those points, absolutely. It is hard to think that this Cleveland Browns team, that you're right, has shown some fight. And they've, they've, they've been in a lot of games. They've, they've been games they, they had that first game of the year that they could have won. They had that game against Green Bay that they should have won. Uh, this team could be talked about in the same regard as that Lions team that had Dan Orlovsky run out of the back of the end zone. Oh, they were not they're not that bad. I'm sorry. That game well, that, that we The quarter says take the favorite. Pittsburgh, oh, baby. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. That first game that they could have won was against the Steelers in week one. They Found a way to lose at home 21-18, but they had it. They had that game, and that was against the actual Steelers starters. So I definitely feel better about the the Browns. Moving on to the NFC East, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Dallas, of course, eliminated from playoff contention last week. Philadelphia at 13-2, locked in to home field in the NFC. Dallas uh, is a favorite because Philadelphia is still trying to figure out things with their new quarterback, thanks to injury, uh, Nick Foles in for Carson Wentz. So the Cowboys are minus three on the road at the Eagles. Yeah, this is one of those, this is the opposite of the last game. The Cowboys are at least, I think, a talented enough team versus Cleveland. The Cowboys aren't playing for anything, but hated division rival, and they've got that going for them. I I think they'd love to send the Eagles reeling get into their head a little bit before the playoffs. I think there's been a lot of question marks about the Cowboys this week. You know, well, is, De- is Des Bryant, you know, the future? Is Dak Prescott the future? I think that this, the Cowboys will find out what this team's makeup is in a nothing game against a team that's playing for absolutely nothing. 
in, in Philadelphia who's got everything all locked up. This, to me, feels like Dallas to go in there and, uh, and, and, and win the game. I, I think they're going to play at full strength. I think the Eagles are going to be resting people, getting ready. They got that bye week. They want to get healthy. I think this is a perfect spot for the Cowboys to do a little out-muffling out and out-physical um, on, the, on the Eagles. I'm going to take the Cowboys here and take, take that and give the points again. Yeah, well, Dak and Dez get into a fist fight on the sideline is about the only intrigue uh, in this game now. Uh, I did want to look at a pro football focus stat to sort of keep look at it, uh, at the playoffs coming up to keep an eye on the Eagles. Uh, I didn't realize how good Ronald Darby, the cornerback, had been this year. Um, PFF said that when he doesn't line up in press coverage, he has allowed a passer rating of just 34 and a half. The best in the league has been A.J. Boye, who's been crazy good down in Jacksonville. Second in the league uh, has been Marshawn Lattimore. And Darby is third, third best cornerback in the league when not lining up in press coverage. And I, they're going to need that. Uh, when they get to the playoffs, they're going to need their, uh, a cornerback that can shut down the other team's number one receiver. And that sort of points an eye to me also at how wide open the playoffs might be. They may face a team like the somewhere down the line the Rams uh, would be in the in the NFC title game uh, or maybe even uh, the Panthers would come in that those are teams that don't have a number one receiver that you really can can focus on and so they, that would be interesting to see if Darby would just play one side of the field and sort of cut everything off uh, so that's something to keep an eye on for later on as far as this game goes uh, I don't like the Cowboys I just kind of got finished cutting back Prescott into ribbons um, it, despite them just coming off of competing last week, I will actually take the Eagles because I think they're going to play tough. They're going to play like it's a, a meaningful game because I think they want to get the taste of uh, what Nick Foles had last week out of their mouths. And uh, he didn't play very well despite them finding a way to get a push. And I think they're going to try to play uh, a, a little tighter and, and make a statement uh, as they get ready for their bye week. All right, let's see what we've got here. The coin says the favorite. Wow. That would be the Cowboys in this case. With the Cowboys. And that's those that's one of those crazy week seventeen lines that the Cowboys clearly not as good as the Eagles, and yet they're the uh, they're the favorite. So that's that's exactly why we're flipping a coin, folks. In case you're wondering, because you can't make heads or tails of Week 17 anyway, especially with the way some of these lines are constructed. I see what you did there. Uh huh. You, you got that. Here's the biggest spread of the week: the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. The Jets at five and ten, fourteen and a half point underdogs. At the New England Patriots, who are in home field advantage throughout the playoffs with the win, right? And as as much as I wanted to, I just finally realized that it doesn't matter. I can't take the Jets. They'll hang around. They'll probably be in this game in the second half, and the Patriots will just score two unanswered touchdowns or get 17 points in the fourth quarter. They'll look completely unimpressive for the whole game, and then you'll look up and they'll have won 28 to 10. So I will take the Patriots. I just can't do it. I can't take the Patriots and give all those points because I still don't think they're very good. And I've been getting proven wrong all year long. And I'm going to take the the Jets and Bryce Petty with those points. And I can't believe it. It's a trap! Very well, maybe. 
All right, let's see if the coin is in the trap or coin wants the wants all those points. The coin says, take the points. Take the jets and the points. Take the points. The coin wants those points. That's where the money is going. Too many points. Got to take see all those I points. <laughs> I, I see you. Uh, to the NFC East, the other side is the Redskins and the Giants, both teams out of it. Washington at seven and eight gives three points at the two and thirteen Giants. Yeah, the, there's a report that we may see Davis Webb in this game. Hmm. This is the same Davis Webb who I think got the coach and the GM fired. Well, at least it won't they be Geno Smith. Davis Webb. They wanted to know what they had. I think the Redskins want to see what they have too. I'm going to take the Redskins. I concur. This is a great spot for the Redskins to look like world beaters and pretend like they actually matter. So I will agree and yeah. take the Redskins. And they can finish eight and eight and be like, "See, we're just one, yeah. one away." All right, coin says, "Take the favorite." We're both rolling with the skins. All right, all three of us. First time, first time, all three of us got. And usually, that's a good spot to be when we agree with the coin. I would almost guarantee you our win percentage is really good. Yeah, I don't have all the numbers up, but we've been doing this for many years, and I'm, I, I promise you, folks, if you're listening, one or both of us loses to the coin every time we do this. Every week 17 that we do this, one or both of us has a worse record than the coin. So well, we had you, seasons where the coin was like 12 and four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to put your money on anybody, you might want to put it on the inanimate object. Right. The, you know, uh, tech. We do this tongue in cheek be, just because of how unpredictable and ridiculous Week 17 is in general, and a lot of that does have to do with what we talk about. You could have a team where there's a result that's going one way, and then somebody else just completely just goes in the tank, and and that's it. Everybody gets benched. You never know. You never know. Uh, speaking of coin flips, the Texans and the Colts. I, I I got nothing. I, I don't know yeah. what you're supposed to make out of that game. Uh, Indy won at Houston in week nine, 20 to 14. So there you go. Houston is a f- uh, four and 11 team and they are five and a half point dogs at the three and 12 Colts. The only basis I made this pick on is I just don't like Indy as a five and a half point favorite. <laughs> I don't think either one of these teams is very good. They're both, well, by the record, pretty awful. Although Houston, surprisingly, although that's all Deshaun Watson has a better mm-hmm. record than than Indy does. But it just it, it just feels like a crap game. I think it's going to be a crap finish, and I think it's going to be close. So I'll take the points, and that's about all I got for that one. Uh, not a trap game, a crap game. I I, I got you. Um, the only thing I got is that the Colts seem to compete. All year, despite their three and twelve record, I guess. So I'll, I'll take Indy and give the five and a half, even though they probably don't deserve that. Coin says, "Take Houston." <laughs> there you go. That's what I get for taking Indy under any circumstance. <laughs> uh, believe this leads us into the biggest block of afternoon games you will ever see. Uh, nine games, yeah. starting at. 
325 Central, 425 Eastern. I love it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be so crazy to get to those late afternoon games and see all these games that are still going, that are active. Like, wait, how many What? How many games are? Oh, my God. There's, there's so many games that are going on right now. Uh, Arizona and Seattle. Seattle, they're, they're right there. They are in with – where is Seattle? There they are. They are in with a win and an Atlanta loss. The Seahawks would make the playoffs if those two things happen. Arizona at seven and eight, not making the playoffs. They are nine point underdogs at the nine and six Seahawks. Yeah, as wholly unimpressive as Seattle has been, there they are. All they need is a win, and Atlanta playing a much tougher opponent needs to lose. Seattle, we know defensively isn't what they were. There's a legion of room now, not the legion of boom, and we know they can be had. But I'll tell you what, this Cardinal team doesn't have the offense to do it. I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to give all the points and then let the scoreboard watching commence. Indeed. Uh, no, I concur. One more stand at home for the Seahawks at CenturyLink Field while watching Atlanta on the scoreboard. Uh, and I like both teams. I pick both uh, the Seahawks and the Falcons to win their divisions. So I, I can't even say I have a preference. I don't really have a, a dog either way. But uh, just wait and see what happens. But, yeah, I think Seattle will do their part at home, uh, make one more stand, and, and cover the nine points. I'm with you. And isn't it just perfect? The coin concurs. All right. Even the coin knows not to take the Cardinals. The Saints and the Buccaneers, uh, New Orleans wins their division if they win. Win and they're in. Uh, they also win the NFC South of Carolina, loses their game. Uh, Saints at 11-4 and four give 5.5 points at the 4-11 and 11 Buccaneers. Yeah, this, this season for Tampa, you know, again, maybe it was the hurricane. Nothing ever seemed to go right. Um, I had big hopes. I think a lot of people had big hopes for Tampa this year after what they were sort of building off of last year, making that little sneaky run towards winning that division. They just couldn't keep up with that at Atlanta offense last year and ended up falling just short. And I had, I had big aspirations for them. Uh, Bryce in Brooklyn, our caller had big aspirations for them. I really liked Tampa this year. What a major letdown. Uh, the Saints seem to be having that, 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 that magic, that charm season. They get to finish out here, you know, big favorite in this spot on the road. That's, that's a big number to be given on the road. Um, I think they'll, I don't think they're going to wilt under the pressure of this situation. I think they've got too much going for them. So I'm going to take the saints and, and give the points here. I think that they're playing for the division. Uh, I know they cannot move above Minnesota uh, because I believe Minnesota beat them. So Overall, they're basically just playing for that division title in that home game. I know they don't want to get moved down from there. So I think that they're going to go out, take care of business, much like the Vikings, get their best possible position, and then move on to the playoffs next week. Uh, Very compelling previous matchup uh, this season. Of course, all these games are rematches of games early in the season, but this particular one was, was newsworthy. Week nine, uh, New Orleans won down in the Superdome, thirty to ten. They knocked Jameis Winston out of that game. Uh, one of the stranger instance, incidents that you'll see, where Winston 
out of the game, and the, and the Buccaneers down big decides to come off his own sideline to go poke uh, the Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore in the helmet and taunt him for some reason. And when Lattimore turns around and responds well, with a shove, not a you know big malicious push, but just sort of a, hey, get the fuck off me, dude, one of those type of things. Uh, Mike Evans, the Buccaneers receiver, decides to go over and stand up for his quarterback by just coming over and waylaying Lattimore in the back of the head and did not even get thrown out of the game, should have been tossed out of the game. It was such a malicious hit. They're, they're lucky that Lattimore didn't get seriously hurt, which he really could have been from such a blindside hit like that. Uh, I think they're going to be coming for Mike Evans uh, in this game, and I think they're going to be coming for the Buccaneers uh, in general. And I think the Saints are going to definitely take care of business and cover that five-and-a-half-point spread. All right. Let's see here. We got the flip of the coin, and the coin says, take the Saints. Yes. Even though it says no, no, no across the sheet, yes, yes, yes on the Saints. Now on to the other NFC South battle. It's Carolina. It's Atlanta. It's probably the game of the week because of the stakes that are on the line for both teams. Carolina at 11-4. and four. They are looking for the division. They will get the NFC South if they win and the Saints lose at Tampa Bay. Uh, they will get a bye. They're still, believe it or not, uh, eligible to get a bye uh, if they win, uh, if New Orleans, the Vikings, and the Rams all lose. Very, very unlikely, but it could happen. As for Atlanta, of course, everyone knows when and they're in or if Seattle loses. So lots on the line for both teams. Uh, Carolina at 11-4. and four. They're the four-point underdogs at the 9-6 and six NFC champ Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I, I mean, are we going to get that Atlanta offense? Are we going to get a team that's playing desperate and playing hungry and, and is going to go out there and get after it? They have all the talent in the world on offense, and they just can't seem to find a way to utilize it properly. They fall in they fall in love with the running game a little too much. Does Matt Ryan not go after his best target enough with Julio Jones? Is he is he does he wait till the worst possible moment every game to take a sack? Might be the only sack he takes in the whole game, but he's gonna do it right at the moment when you need him the most to ice a game or to or or, or to, you know, kill some time. Or, or get in the field goal position. It's like, what is, what are they going to do? Can they get out of their own way enough to beat the Panthers and get into the playoffs? All the pressure in the world is on Atlanta in this game because the Panthers, the Panthers are in. Panthers are still playing for something, but they're going to be playing the next week. And this is, and this is tough for me. I think Atlanta's going to win because. I am not certain that the makeup, that mental makeup of Cam Newton is going to be strong enough to care enough about a game when they're already thinking about the playoffs. And we sort of get this up and down Cam all season long. And if Atlanta's defense, which is okay, can do enough, and they are fast, and they can swarm, and they play them tough the first time, if they can do enough this win and get in, I think Atlanta can do it, but I'm still taking Carolina and the points. I'm getting cute. Ooh, that is really getting cute. Uh, Atlanta to win by three or less. Uh, 
They did play a close game in Week 9. Carolina at home won 20-17. So that's not uh, completely out of the ordinary. Uh, you mentioned Matt Ryan playing under pressure and, and making the right decisions. And Pro Football Focus, uh, their podcast, had a stat about that that I found interesting, that Matt Ryan's passer rating this year uh, when blitzed is actually much higher than when he's not blitzed. When he's, when he's blitzed, his rating is 101.7, and when he's not blitzed, his rating is only 87. So the issue seems to be uh, if, he sees his, if he sees his target open, if he sees whoever he's trying to target, if he can get a guy open when that blitz is coming, he's going to hit him. Uh, the problem apparently has been will his guys get open, will, will the plays uh, break down the way they're supposed to under Steve Sarkeesian, or will everything go haywire and, and Ryan winds up uh, in a situation where he has to eat the ball? Uh, but it, it's it's there. The, the talent is still there uh, across the board for the Falcons offense. They just have to, they have they haven't had the consistency. They haven't maybe had the right play calling uh, at certain times. And like we said before, they looked like they had lit the flame and got it back a few weeks ago, and the flame appeared to maybe be out again. But uh, they got to light it now. There's no, uh, there's no turning back. They need to get it going uh, against the Panthers. And I, I think the Panthers are in, uh, in, in unpredictable enough, uh, inconsistent enough uh, that Atlanta can sort of ride the the wave and ride the emotion and get that big win at home that they need uh, and cover the four point spread. Uh, the Panthers have have impressed me, and I, I don't want to take anything away from them. Uh, especially the way they've come to that 11 and four record uh, completely turning their team philosophy upside down, going from big pass plays and, and short runs, flipping it all the way over to now relying on the run, relying on their quarterback being one of their leading rushers and sort of eschewing the big passes uh, right in the middle of the season, just kind of changing up like that. So they've, they've uh, pulled off some sort of hat trick to, to be successful despite that, but I don't think they're going to be able to, to stop the Falcons in this spot where the Falcons need it the most. So I will take Atlanta and give the four. All right. The quarter says we should be going with the Panthers. Oh, no. So take the points. The Falcons may break all of our hearts again in that one. On to the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, here's the quintessential week. 49ers! The quintessential week 17 game where the 11-4 L.A. Rams are resting everybody. Something named Sean Mannion is starting a quarterback for the Rams. <laughs> so the 5-10 49ers with the Messiah gives four points at the 11 and four Rams. <laughs> I'm waiting for your pick. You know mine. <laughs> you jumped off last week. What happened? So now you're jumping back on. Um, I have to. It, it, I have it, to. It, your when I did my hail Jimmy's, <laughs> that was part of my penance. Was I have to go back to picking the 49ers. Honestly, how how crazy is that is that hype going to be for San Francisco? How hyped is everyone going to be for the 49ers after they sweep Can't everybody wait. after they start Garoppolo? Oh, it's going to be unbelievable. 
and they're going to pull off the sweep because the Rams aren't playing anybody. They're benching everyone. Uh, yeah, of course I'm going to take San Fran and give the four. I mean, it's it's it, it's it's should I say manifest destiny? Should I say it's, it's you know? It, it's Boy, howdy! <laughs> so we both got the 49ers minus four, even though they have a much worse record. All right, and we have got the quarter is taking. Uh oh. Oh. The Rams. Oh. Well, the quarter. The the coin is not uh, undefeated. The coin has lost some games no. before, so. The coin does not go sixteen and zero. This is not. Not yet. So, not yet. Next year, I maybe will upgrade to a magic eight ball. <laughs> Uh, the Jags and the uh, Titans uh, didn't talk about Tennessee's uh, performance or lack thereof last week. Their big hey, game at home against the what they do. <laughs> the big game against the Rams, and they found it, and they and they their offense came to play, and they put up points, and they found a way to lose the game anyway. So now here they are in a spot where they have to win uh, to get in. Uh, actually, they can still make the playoffs if the Chargers and the Bills both lose. Tennessee is in. Uh, they're also in with the win. They they just beat the Jaguars. They're they're in the playoffs. So, a lot to play for for Tennessee. Uh, not so much for Jacksonville. They're locked in uh, as the uh, division champs. Uh, Jacksonville, therefore, is a two and a half point underdog at the Hungry Titans. Yeah, I hate to say this, but the Jaguars. You see this a lot from teams that are not used to going into the playoffs, they feel like they need to play at their peak going into the playoffs. I don't think the Jaguars are going to take it easy on Tennessee. I don't think the Jaguars want the Titans in the playoffs. I don't think they want to have to look at a potential rematch next week. I think Jack, and I think that the Titans, again, the least impressive, they continue to be the most impressive eight-win team in football for a reason every week. They keep losing. The Titans are going to finish the year as the most unimpressive eight-win team in football. I'm going to take the Jaguars. Uh, they, they very well may, but there's a, a common denominator in those losses uh, that, that all seems to sort of add up for me. Uh, and the Jaguars should try uh, to get back and play well after Messiah Garoppolo fucked them up. So not just uh, – because they don't want the Titans to be in there, but also to sort of make themselves right after what happened in San Francisco. 44 points to Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers for a defense that uh, has been so feared and so good throughout the, the season. So uh, they're, they're going to try. I agree with you. They're definitely going to try to go out to Nashville and, and knock off the Titans, but the Titans need this badly. And the, here's the big denominator for me. It's, it's uh, Derrick Henry and the uh, DeMarco Murray situation uh, that will not be a part of the equation tomorrow because DeMarco Murray is hurt and has already been ruled out for tomorrow's game. Uh, ever since Derrick Henry had that play, 13, uh, to get that last touchdown that covered the spread for the Titans, so to the back door cover, uh, he has not had a game with more than eight carries. Now, I thought as part of my sort of preaching all year that the Titans were going to get better as the year went on, as part of that offensive firepower, I thought it was going to be Derrick Henry sort of eclipsing DeMarco Murray and taking over as a lead back as part of that. And it hasn't happened for whatever reason, Mike Malarkey has not wanted to give DeMarco Murray more carries 
uh, or has not wanted to give Derrick Henry more carries than DeMarco Murray. He's had less carries than DeMarco Murray in every game since that Week 13 game where they both had 11 carries, but Henry had the big impact play uh, to, to cover the spread at the end. He had eight carries to DeMarco Murray's 11 in Week 14. He had seven carries to Murray's 18 in Week 15. Last week, he had eight carries to DeMarco Murray's 15. What's the common denominator in those three games? They were all losses. They have not won since Derrick Henry had the same number of carries as DeMarco Murray. In Week 2, the Titans were looking much better. They went to Jacksonville and destroyed them 37-16. to Guess what happened in that game in Week 2? Yes, Derrick Henry had more carries than DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray had nine carries for 25 yards. Derrick Henry had 14 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown. It seems to be pretty obvious to me, give the ball to Derrick Henry, get the fuck out of the way and let him get going. He might be one of those running backs that needs more carries and punishes you as later as the game goes. Uh, he gets stronger and your opponent gets weaker. He might be one of those guys, but we'll never know as long as uh, Mike Malarkey insists on not giving him as many carries as he needs. Now he doesn't have a choice because he doesn't have DeMarco Murray as an option tomorrow. So it's going to be all Derrick Henry. He's going to get 25 carries, and I think he's going to get stronger, and he's going to smash the Jaguars, and the Titans need him to smash the Jaguars in order to sew up this playoff seed that they should have had sewn up a long time ago. So I will take the Titans and give the two and a half. All right, I've got the coin flipped, awaiting the result here as I reveal – Take the underdog. That would be the Jags. Take the Jaguars. Take the points. This is going to be one interesting week of coins, uh, of picks by the coin here. This is I'm going to be more interested this week than I normally am. It seems to be going in contradiction to a lot of things that we are, are talking about. Right. But then on some of the obvious stuff, it agrees. <laughs> right. It knew better. Uh, On to the Raiders and the Chargers. Uh, The San Diego Clippers are still alive in the playoff race. They need a lot of help. Uh, They will get in with a win or uh, uh, with a win and, I'm sorry, a win and a Tennessee loss and a Ravens win, oddly enough, or they get in with a win and a Tennessee and Buffalo loss. So need a lot of help there. Uh, Oakland eliminated at six and nine are seven point underdogs at the eight and seven Chargers. Yeah, I think I think the biggest help that the Chargers are going to get this week is going to be the fact that they're playing the Oakland Raiders. I will take the Chargers and give all the points. And I can see this becoming uh, very pushy. I can smell this absolutely being the sixteenth push. Uh, of the season, extending what I think is a record. But since we have to go one way or another, uh, I think uh, in the soccer stadium there, Oakland might have some fight. I think we forget about talking about the the, the Chargers uh, playing in that soccer stadium, and they even the players themselves early in the year talked about no no kind of home field advantage. You're playing 16 road games this year, so uh, maybe that comes back to haunt them. And Oakland actually competes, so I will take the points and the Raiders. All right, the coin says it's going to go with one of us, and that one would be you. Doesn't have to go with us. It could land on its edge. Uh, moving on to the Bengals and the Ravens. The Ravens in the mix. They win and they're in. They uh, have a playoff spot waiting for them if they can win. They also get in if Tennessee or Buffalo loses. Uh, the 
Six and nine, Bengals already eliminated our nine-point underdogs at the nine and six Ravens. Tell you what, there's one thing that we have been waiting for all year, and do you know what that is? We've been waiting for that quintessential, that's so Ravens moment. Hmm. I'm taking the points. Nothing more than a hunch here. Cleveland, Cincinnati's done. They're playing for nothing. Their coach is fired. They're pieces of garbage. But the Ravens, this is a team that the Ravens let hang around and look unimpressive again. That's why they got the That's So Ravens tab. I'm actually going to take the Bengals to keep this thing close and make the Ravens sweat. Baltimore maybe gave a signal to the Bengals that they're going to be crap this year. In week one, all the way back in week one, Baltimore went to Cincinnati and shut them out, 20 to nothing. Uh, but I just can't see Baltimore covering again with the big spreads and the Ravens trying to cover big numbers. That's just not their forte. They just can't do that. It, it's it's actually equally hard to imagine the Bengals competing here. They should be completely mailing it in. But I, I I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I'm I'm gonna agree with you and take the points because I just can't see Baltimore covering nine. All right, and the quarter is flipped, and it is said we should go with the Ravens. Oh no. <laughs> oh man, this is fun. It's not, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. This is going to be fun. Uh, just two more games to go in, in the, the 2017 season. Buffalo and Miami, of course, the, the Buffalo Bills are looking for a playoff spot. They need help. They get in if they win and Baltimore loses, or if they win and Tennessee and the Clippers both lose. That's how the Buffalo Bills can make the playoffs. They are eight and seven. They are two and a half point favorites at the eliminated six and nine Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I really struggled with this pick more than most of them this week. I wanted to take the Dolphins. I kept trying to give myself, well, you know, the Dolphins have got some fights. They're at home, but I really do think that the Bills are the better team. I don't really, I don't have any idea what I'm going to expect out of the Dolphins from week to week. Uh, and the Bills are fighting for something here. I think we'll get. And they showed some fight last week until they got screwed. Um, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Bills here and uh, give the points. Buffalo uh, knocked off Miami at home 24-16 to just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it would be so fitting for Jay Cutler to screw Buffalo in his last act as quarterback before he probably retires again uh, this offseason. Uh, I'm reading Roto World. Apparently it's not going to be all Cutler. David Fails will check in in relief for the for the Dolphins at some point in that game. So they're really trying to – uh, mail it in. And guess what? I'm still taking the Dolphins. I found my angle to take Miami. You were looking for one. I found it. Ever since the Bills tried to take their season with one of many different acts, uh, one of them being to trade their best pass uh, or uh, their best run stuffing defender, Marcel Darius, they've been awful trying to stop the run. And it should finally pay off here uh, with Miami and, and Kenyon Drake, who's been very good running all over the Bills. So I will take the fish in the final game. How do you think the Bills are feeling about that Peterman game right now? Ooh, what a decision that was. Oh, um, man. I'm going to go ahead here and reveal the quarter has picked the Dolphins. All right. The I'm good about the fish. Finally, Denver and Kansas City uh, not really checked out as one of those games where anything's on the line. It's just that it happens to be out on the West Coast. So you can't make it a noon game. So that's why that's in this spot here. Uh, Kansas City 
at nine and six has already clinched the AFC West. So as you've probably heard, they're going to start Pat Mahomes at quarterback, and they're also benching Tyreek Hill. Uh, and as a result, the nine and six Chiefs are four and a half point underdogs at Paxton Lynch and the five and ten Broncos. Well, isn't this the game for all those people who are complaining about Alex Smith? And let's get Patrick Mahomes out there and let's see what he can do. And he's got the big arm, and, and and Alex Smith is a bum, and he's tanking our season, even though they've sort of bounced back late. They ended up, even though they tried to gag this thing up as hard as they possibly could, they ended up kind of righting the ship here a little bit late and winning the division. Thing is, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to play just fine. Denver Broncos are garbage. I want to see Mahomes go out there, light it up, and make you wonder going into the playoffs how short that leash is going to be on Alex Smith if they go out Mm. like garbage in that first week in that playoff game. I'm going to take the narrative here that Mahomes is all he is advertised to be. He doesn't wilt under the pressure. I'm going to take Mahomes and the Chiefs in a bit of a surprise. In week eight on a Monday nighter, the Chiefs uh, were looking good and feeling good. They were flying high. They knocked off the Chiefs uh, uh, twenty. Uh, they knocked off the Broncos rather twenty-nine to nineteen, and uh, the, the proverbial ship uh, started sinking after that because the Chiefs went on that really bad losing streak uh, right after that game. I don't know what happened. But uh, they they just finally started playing well coming off of that once again. Uh, Normally, uh, a rookie quarterback in that spot at the Denver defense is at mile high, which is always a tough place to play, and against a a very tough defense in the Denver Broncos. Normally, that would scare the hell out of me. Uh, That would be a no-brainer to go with Denver. But uh, I agree. I concur with you. The Denver defense has really struggled this year. We you don't have a, a cute nickname for the no-fly zone uh, going south, but they had some injuries. They haven't been uh, all that they've been cracked up to be this year. I concur. I'm taking Kansas City in the points as well. I think Pat Mahomes is going to do uh, pretty good as well. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what to expect, but I'm, I'm excited. I, I think he's going to uh, – I think he knows this is his one opportunity to show his stuff and to show what he's made of, and uh, I think he's going to have himself a pretty good showing. Yeah, and I want to hear all the talking heads all week after he goes out and lights it up and shows off that big arm. But whoa, what's going to happen if Alex Smith goes out and, and that, that that's not that game is you know getting out of hand early? Is are they going to go to the bullpen? Are they going to bring in Mahomes? And the quarter says last pick of the year. Take the Chiefs. All right, there it is. Take the dog. Take the point. I've never flipped the coin before. I have to say, I enjoyed that. Well, good. That's a task that you can take on from this point forward. I have no problem with that. Because because I do all my picks on a nicely carpeted basement floor. When the coin did fall, you didn't hear it hit the floor and roll away. That's right. It didn't roll under my desk. You know, all these things that have happened in the past. So it was nice. You know, I only had one missed flip where it didn't, where I didn't catch it because I do the flip catch and put it on the top of my hand. You know, I did that for every pick. Um, I had one flip that went and landed on the carpet. I didn't even look at it, picked it up and flipped it again. There you go. I stayed true to my system for the whole show. 
on all the coin picks. And the fucked up part is, I have no idea how many people listen to any of that live, because according to your mom, we may not have been heard at all then. No, I'm hoping that some of that gets cleaned up in in the uh, in the production. That was that was pretty tough. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll all find out uh, after the show is over. More in our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program, which I have a feeling is going to be very abbreviated because we've had a, a quite a long show already. That was a long show, and it was a tense show. I, I apologize. Though. That, that that whole first 15 minutes threw me off my game yeah. for right at the beginning of that show. So it took me a few minutes to kind of get into the swing of it. So if I seemed like I was out of it, I was I was just stunned by the fact that we had no audio on my side at all, even though everything that I'm looking at here in my control scheme says that I should have been coming through loud and clear. I wouldn't notice if you were discombobulated because I was so discombobulated. I'm sitting here, I I do the open, I'm blabbing away. I actually knew there was going to be a problem because I I did come in early, you know, not a, a long time early, maybe a minute to go, but I did come in and, and try to greet you and say hi before we went live and I didn't get any response back. I'm like, oh shit, here we go again. No, it gave um, me the the sinking feeling. I probably should have just given up and gone right to the phone. I think that's the mistake that I make is I just don't try the first and then just boom, go right to the phone. I, I think that's going to have to be my move almost every show from here on out. Well, it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't have to make that decision. So something's got to change. I, I don't know no, uh, what's going to happen, but... Everything on my side here, the equipment, the internet connection, everything here is set up that I should be able to host this show with no problem. And and audio should be crisp and clear, and everything should go well. I actually tried both my headphones tonight. I tried my desktop one and my headset. Got nothing with either one. You know, disconnected, reconnected, and, and every time I tried to speak, Nothing came through. I don't know if you remember uh, past holiday seasons, but is this is this a thing with Blog Talk Radio when it gets holiday season that everyone sort of disappears on the tech side and we get issues with that? If I if I if I recall, I think we've had issues before during the holiday seasons. Like nobody's basically had any kind of control. I don't know. The issues just all seem to be just so many lately that they've all just sort of started to kind of like glom together in into just like yeah. this kind of, every show there's been something and every uh, show it's something different so so you can't predict it so this show we had the problem with my audio we'll go into the next show and my audio will be fine and something else will be screwed up we had the show where we had no audio effects for the whole show um right so it just, it, you know, the weird part is I have no audio, but I had no problem controlling the board. I had no problem doing all the effects. Uh, it's very strange. I really don't like doing this show on the phone. I don't. I don't either. I prefer to, with a, a real microphone and, and a real voice sound. And, and, you know, that's what we're paying for, for the love of God. That's exactly yeah. what we're, we're supposed to be paying for. 
some of you know, and then I know you. We had talked. I mean, it, it may be worth at some point here looking into to an alternate uh, way of doing this. Plenty of yeah. ways out there. There's plenty of ways out there that you can do this. Uh, I know Blog Talk does have the support side, and it does get us onto a lot of platforms, um, which well, is nice. We, so we'll, we'll just need to make sure that if we do decide to to change our venue that we'll still that we won't lose any places where we've already been well if we have to give up some exposure to me it, it would be worth it because the the show would just sound better it's the show sounds like shit when one or both of us isn't uh connected properly and doesn't sound oh, yeah. the way uh, that, that we're supposed to sound yeah yeah being on 20 podcast sites doesn't do us a lot of good if the show sounds terrible or you can't listen to it. <laughs> that that too. But but that way more people can embrace how much we suck with our sound. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if we're good enough, we'll be heard by uh, enough people uh, eventually. I, I just want to be. I just want to sound as good as I possibly can, and then let the chips fall uh, where they may from there. Yeah, I know, obviously, on my side, step one um, of all of it would be to make sure that all of our previous shows are downloaded before we do that. So don't jump ship before I get a chance to download and kind of archive all of our old shows. Yeah, I I won't be making any moves uh, unilaterally. I won't be doing anything anytime soon, but it's just something that we're definitely going to have to discuss. I, I agree. Uh, so, anything else that uh, we wanted to get to? No, it was a. I mean, that was a fun week of picks. I mean, I'm ready to get into the playoffs here. I hope I don't give back too much. We just don't know. The week 17 is such a mess. Even one of us does well over the other one. I don't think we claim any sort of. No, I don't. Over the I, other. I'll, 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 I'll do it right now. I'll, I'll preemptively t- say that I have no fucking idea what I what I just picked. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And if I go thirteen yeah. and three, it was, it was a fluke. I'll, I'll say it right here, right, yeah. right off the I bat. I mean, there were picks that we made that we had rationales for, but in the moment, things change so rapidly. You could have like in those all those late games, you could have one result that's a complete blowout one way. That means you know, like if Atlanta is just killing. Carolina, well, you know, does does Arizona sneak in and get a cheap cover against Seattle, or one of these teams in the AFC looks like they're you, you don't know because everybody's playing for the golf course at that point on Monday. Right. I do like the way they set the schedule up, though. I do like that none of those noon games have any bearing on the app on the afternoon. So I think you'll get maximum competition in the afternoon and I, this is the first time I can ever remember them setting it up specifically this way and I think I like it. Yeah, I do too. Um, so I think that maybe it feels more like we're picking games in week 17 than normal and using some rationale or making some surprising picks and, and picking more off of off of that than the oh well everybody on this team is going to be benched kind of stuff. <laughs> you know? But you don't There's know. A, you don't still know. a couple of those. There's always a couple of those. You just don't know how many of those, especially even those games that don't matter, how many of those teams are already on the golf course, how many of those teams are already thinking about emptying their lockers 
or emptying their offices or working on their resume. You, you don't know everything that's going to go into all of these games tomorrow. And that's what always, that, that's what makes week 17 so, so hard or the last day of any season for any sport. Imagine trying to bet the last day of the base world. Oh, every complete game doesn't matter. You know, yeah, that's, that's why we flip a coin. Yeah. And it'll be interesting so those, to see what the coins record is with, uh, with, with me doing the, the honors this year. Those baseball uh, games, one sixty two. Those are really funny. Guys coming into the third inning that were in double A, you know, two weeks ago. It's like, oh, God, well, how can anyone possibly bet this? How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> but what do you uh, mean? No, they can't believe that guy in. I've got the Rockies plus 140. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, the, the one funniest part about Christmas that I did want to talk about because it concerned you was um, – Dave, the movie expert, lives somewhat close to where my uncle has moved now. Uh, I think he, I think Dave's about five minutes away. Wow! So I invited so I invited Dave over to my uncle's house uh, for our family get together. Uh, and Dave has met my uncle. Uh, he yeah. came to uh, a bowling outing before, and of course, all uh, you, my uh, my uncle, and Dave were all at my wedding. Um, but they uh, they met before that, and my uncle's always talked highly of Dave. He likes him a lot. Dave likes my uncle. Uh, so I didn't feel out of place inviting him over to the big family gathering uh, at my uncle's, and he came, and a great time was had by all, and it was it was good to see him, and it was really, really good to have him and my family uh, interact, you know, in a way that they that everybody got along because it could have been kind of awkward him uh, being a white guy in a house full of black people. You mean uh, it could have played out like it could have played out like Get Out in reverse, <laughs> uh, especially in today's uh, racial climate. Yeah, there, there could have been some uh, really awkward moments. Uh, but the one funny part about it was the fact that some people. In my family, not everybody, not even that many people, but a couple of people here or there couldn't really bend their minds around the fact that somebody that was a friend of mine that happened to be Caucasian uh, was in the house that wasn't you. And so Dave had to oh, endure okay. being called Dave had to endure being called Jason multiple times. <laughs> and every time <laughs> and every time it happened these people first of all, Dave and I don't look alike. No, <laughs> he's a good half a foot shorter than you, maybe even more than that. I've got, I've got quite the height advantage as well. Yeah, you probably got eight inches on him. And I was at your wedding. <laughs> well, someone said we were both at your wedding. You were both at my wedding. Both together, in, all three of us together. And that was that was six long years ago. Come on. I can, that, I can people be expected to remember that. And you can you believe that that was six years ago? No, that I really can't. Just, geez, I mean, I'm still years. thinking back to the three of us losing our asses. Actually, we all won at the casino. We didn't lose our asses. We all won. We had a good night at the casino. I, I, I had a bad night this past Christmas, but yeah, the I, night, the I night before our wedding, we all went and we had a we had a we had a good run at the tables. Losing our asses. That was you and me in Vegas. Oh yeah. After we won, see, that's the problem with the winning, is the winning then makes the losing more 
impactful because we started off winning really good. I mean, we walked that, that, that first day in Vegas, we walked out like feeling really good playing that ultimate poker. And then the next day, we went all the way back to nothing, and then we went the other way. And that's what that's what hurts. Oh, I can't. I, I think I talked about this a couple of shows ago. I can't believe how much cabbage I had in my wallet after that first day in Vegas and lost all of it before we left. All of it. Yeah, you didn't even stretch that to the very end. No. Well, yeah. the... The last thirty dollars, I think I stretched to the to the to the end, and then okay. I and then I lost that and shook your hand and went upstairs back to my room and went to bed. Right, and then I I do remember putting a twenty in the casino uh, slot at the airport and turning that into like eighty bucks, so I felt a little better. Oh, I wish I could have done that. Yeah, waiting waiting to fly out there at uh, at McCarran. I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, you know what? I didn't do it when we got here. I might as well. We got a little time before the flight. I might as well go throw it. Go throw a twenty in the slot, <laughs> and I ended up hitting. I was like, well, wow, okay, okay. Thank a you. little better about that. I will say, from my personal standpoint, when we were in Vegas, I felt like I won because I had taken X amount of money that I was going to gamble. And I only lost half of that money while I was in Vegas. It was still a sizable chunk of money, but I still came home with half the money that I intended to gamble. So as far as I'm concerned, that's winning, right? Fuck yeah. So I felt okay. I still lost a bunch of that money that I took. (laughs) But I was willing to lose it all. And I think that's the mentality that you have to have when you're gambling. And that's where the trap is, is if if, if you gamble what you're willing to lose, you're okay. It's when you start gambling what you're not willing to lose that it becomes a problem. Don't I know it. (laughs) Boy, howdy. But no, that's good that Dave the movie expert came to your house and and he got along with everybody and for being me. For really no reason other than he was a friend of mine who happened to be a wife. Now, is this something like the more of the fringy family? Because I don't think your uncle would have confused me and Dave or. I don't even want to say who for fear of, you know, identifying, <laughs> but I, I'll just but say I this. I think you already know. Family like fringe family, but you know what I mean? People who haven't got that same level of interaction as normal. Yeah. I, I won't say who it is, but I'll just say, I think you already know who it is. If you think okay. about it. Okay, I'll have to think I'll have to think deeply. Not too deeply. Okay. All right. Uh, that'll be a that'll be an all favorite discussion that we'll be having. That'll be yeah, that'll be a conversation when we're in Chicago in April. Yeah. <laughs> when you're uh, cutting me your check for your share of Blog Talk Radio uh, for the past year. Minus, right. of course, the, the money that we've made for the quote-unquote money that we've made. You've got that right. Because yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, it's just become this sort of like yearly thing. It's like, here's your check. Let's go. That might be the moment where I had to check and be like, let's find something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it might very well happen. <laughs> uh, so our next show is going to have to be uh, Friday night because we have uh, night, Wild Card Friday Saturday night. coming. Yeah, I, I'm perfectly fine. I have a feeling we're going to be um, Friday 
at least for the next two shows, and then we can decide because we'll be uh, Sunday for conference weekend. That's right. So, yeah, our next two shows, I will be ready to go Friday, 10 p.m., both nights. So we get a a common theme next Friday. We got to do – we got to do – a show on your last day of being 41 years old. And next Friday we get to do a show on my last day of being 41 years old. There you go. It'll be the, the two hour special. So we'll carry right into the after show. You officially turn 42. So you'll get to experience it. That. Mirrors. You know, it, 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 you know, it's like poetry. It rhymes. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Uh, Unless you have anything else, I think we're out of here. I'm ready to go to bed. I got to work tomorrow. Definitely got to get out of here at that point. I got to work tomorrow and Monday. I'm not off till Tuesday. I only got one day off this week coming up. I'm not excited about that. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, I think we've recorded it. I don't really know, but we'll find out. This has possibly been an episode of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your Week 17, the last week of the regular season, and get ready for what I think is going to be a really, really crazy uh, playoffs. And and everybody, of course, get ready for New Year's Eve, which is officially started in America because it's that late. Uh, and, and everybody getting ready to, of course, you know, it's New Year's Eve. What is everybody getting ready to do? Get ready to step on out. I love my 80s. Everybody enjoy your football tomorrow. We will talk to you Friday night, 10 p.m. Central. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.